Game number three goes to the Phoenix Suns. It's a hell of a battle. I mean, they definitely missed Devin Booker in this game and will continue to miss Devin Booker throughout his, the duration of his injury. But Matthew, this team, the Sickos, led by 19 points in the fourth quarter by uh, Chris Paul. I hear an echo. What is that? <laughs> I had you running in the background. You so, son of a bitch. I, you know, I got to make sure I can hear you good. You're ruining the block. Yes, 100% threw me off. Led by 19 points in the fourth quarter by CP3. The Phoenix Suns win 114 to 111. They are now up yes. 2 to 1 in this series. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. And uh, championship aspirations are still alive for the Suns. Ah, man, if it wasn't for Chris Paul, I'll tell you what, I don't even know who was talking shit to him in the front row there when he was walking back in the third quarter because Chris Paul didn't come back. Till after that, I think about five minutes when he came back, it was over. That's all these players need. That's all Devin Booker needs, and that's all Chris Paul needs is that one person. Just a, yes. I mean, Chris Paul could just do that anyways, but to show it on camera, I'm like, oh, here we go. It's going to happen. So it happened. It happened, and I'm thankful it happened. Whoever was there talking shit, thank you for doing that. Thank you. Come on the pod. We want to talk to you a little bit. Talk about <laughs> what you were saying, what motivated Chris Paul tonight, you know, what, what, what did you say that you that got under his skin enough to have him go complete sicko mode uh, in this game? So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. My name is John. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. His name is Matthew. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, Matthew Lissy. And you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter as well. And one of the fun things about following us on Twitter is we like to do, and something that we're trying out this year, are Twitter spaces. So we did a pregame today. That wasn't really cool, but I really like doing the halftime Twitter space. So I do. Yep. if you are a follower of the Suns Jam Session podcast on Twitter, uh, tune into our Twitter space during the halftime show and we'll sit there. We'll talk about what we've seen during the game. And we'll also, you know, if you're interested and you want to kind of give your two cents on it, you know, you can raise your hand. We'll invite you to speak. Uh, it's a fun way to enjoy the game and with your fellow jamsters. So make sure you subscribe rate and review wherever you're consuming this content, whether you're watching it on YouTube right now, hit that thumbs up button. If you're listening to the podcast at a later time and date, go ahead, subscribe rate review there as well. We truly appreciate it. We appreciate you, the jamsters and man, we appreciate this win tonight, Matthew. I'm telling you, uh, you said, Ooh, yeah, you'd be chugging with the fellas tonight. Yes. Let me pop one open. I'm going to pour okay. it out because it's difficult to chug it in the can, I guess. Yes, so it is. Let me I've, already, pop it. I've already popped mine and poured ah, some of it. I still got some. Right. I got these big ones. The great thing is if you go to Costco, you can get these Coors Lights that are pints, and it's less than a dollar a beer. Yeah. You know, we you get a 24-pack for like $21. <laughs> and, you know, if you you got a little bit of a drinking problem, you know, you look for you deals do, like yeah. that, and, and Costco always delivers. Just like We CD need them as a sponsor now, dude. The, as do. much as we talk about how much those cans are, we need them as a sponsor. So I am ready to chug. That is beer right, in well, my cup. Chugging with the fellas. It. Let's go. Another win. Great audio. Great audio. Oh, I should get the gulps up there. Nice and close to the mic. <laughs> and Woo! let's talk about this game three win for your Phoenix Suns. After a couple
couple nights off, the Phoenix Suns travel to the Big Easy to take on the New Orleans Pelicans in a Game 3 that was a very pivotal Game 3, which kind of brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Is this Game 3, coming into this, especially this win, is this one of the most important Game 3s that you can remember in recent <laughs> Suns history, especially in the first round? Yeah, it is. And uh, because for the reason that I'm sitting there and the, when they're having a tough time in the game and no one's stepping up, really, you had the DeAndre effect in the beginning of the game in the first Ooh. half. Second half, he looked pretty good. But then there was a time where I'm sitting there, I'm like, this... This might be it. This I'm thinking, you know, if this game is over and the Suns do not get the win, this season might be over just because it's hard to overcome. I mean, I feel like the Suns' tempo, I feel like the Suns, they, they look really tired tonight. At certain times, they look exhausted compared to what the Pelicans were putting out there on the floor. So, yeah, it looked like this was the most important game. Um, so if they were to lose this, I think it was a must win for both games though, or of for course. both teams, of right? It, it definitely was, um, not to say the Suns are going to win next game. Cause this is the way these games are going to be. I think just defensively, it's going to be outrageous on both ends, uh, a lot of bodies hitting the floor. So get used to it. And, um, I need to chill out a little bit and thinking the season's over. We right? all do, man. We, we all, I do, think though. we all do. We're At least fans. I don't put it out there. I keep it to myself. We're fans. So. We're fan. I'll tell you, you know, and I've said this. We did a Twitter space last night, uh, a game, a game three pre jam, if you will, and, and we'll stick to just doing the Twitter spaces during halftime. I think that's the best time to do them. Uh, but I, I admitted to you on the Twitter space, like it's been hell these past couple days. I've been kind of grumpy. Now, granted, I started eating healthier, did so you? that doesn't that doesn't help. You know, like I, I'm, now, huh? I'm pretty close, pretty close. There's <laughs> a lot of gluten in this beer, but uh, <laughs> but at the same time, like. The most important game for the Suns will always be just the next one. That's how the playoffs go. And, you know, I was talking to somebody today about the playoffs and they'd be like, they're like, you've got to be so excited. You know, the Suns are in the playoffs. And I'm like, I forgot how much I hate the playoffs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it's yeah. just, it, it's anguish. It's this consistent anguish and wondering how the team is going to perform. Every high never it seems like it's unbelievably high and every low seems like it's unbelievably low. Uh, this was a definitely a, a vitally important game because we're kind of in that mode that we were after the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, the Phoenix Suns, right before the All-Star break in a game against Houston, lost CP3 for six to eight weeks. Ended up being about four and a half, almost five weeks. But it initially was six to eight weeks. And the way that we as fans looked at every game that we won while CP3 was out was a bonus. Every game that passed was a bonus because Every game that passed was a game closer to the return of CP3. And that's where we're at right now with the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker. Every game that passes by is a game and some time that gets us closer to getting him back. Now, it's a grade one hamstring pull. Uh, it's potentially two to three weeks, which on a timeline standpoint would put us kind of at like game two or three in the next round. But we just got to get there again, one game at a time. You know, you look at the final score of this game, and I don't really feel like it was necessarily a, a, a as close as it was in that fourth quarter, right? I mean, the final score it's, it's three points, you know. So it's like, you know, what 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 happened there? You know, it's well, it was a free throw mm -hmm. contest. It was the longest end of a game ever, right? Like, other than the game with the value oop last year, I mean, the last thirty seconds of this game was like ten minutes long, right? Twenty minutes long. 
Yeah, it was, and I and I'll, I can deal with that. It was over with about one thirty left in the game when Chris yes. Paul pretty much sealed it when they went yes. up eight. Or I'm sorry, actually, Jay Crowder. Oh, the game winning shot, the one we all knew that would come after he <laughs> foot on the that. line. In, in, foot on the line. As that's a tribute for Book. to Devin Booker. Tribute to yes. Devin Book at a poor one out for him. Um, but I just I think that he, I think the Suns came into a situation late in the game where. Chris Paul had to handle business, and then we knew it was over. I actually got up to take a pee while they're at the free throw line. I'm like, this thing's over. I can actually maybe wash a few dishes. I didn't go that far, but I was just thinking, I'm like, this this game's over. Because this is how we ended a lot of these games during the regular season, yes. where it was just this close all game long. Uh, because it's the playoffs, it's a little bit more disheartening because you're just you're just you're sitting there you're just like i don't know if they could pull this one off but then you remember they can they they absolutely mm-hmm. can and it was harder than the other games during the season of course it's the playoffs it's gonna be more hard fought um a lot of times too during this game note taking came to a complete stop i had to actually stand up and watch the game so i do Lucky have no dog for sure <laughs> i know and i was just gonna say you're right in the game so you didn't have the opportunity yes. i i just had to sit there and just watch and then Go back in a few minutes and take more notes, but usually it's note taking all game. But this one I had to stop for. It's that's guys. playoff basketball. You know, so I was writing the recap for brightsideofthesun.com. So go check out that content there. Always good stuff. Best place for Suns content on the interwebs. Uh, and it was, you know, especially that, those last few minutes. But I mean, it's just, you're so connected with the game and what's going on and the ebbs and the flows. And I think that, you know, if I was to sit there and tell you about this game, I would start with one man. You know, the, the the conversation around Suns fandom, whether you were on Suns Reddit or Suns Twitter or not so much Suns Facebook because half the time they don't know what they're talking about. But a lot of the conversation over the past couple of uh, days was, you know, DeAndre Ayton's got to step up and he's got to earn his bag and this, that and the other, you know, and, and I actually put a tweet out earlier um, this morning and I pretty much was saying you know, watching Carl Anthony Towns in the playoffs should end any Towns eight and debate because of the mm-hmm. way that Carl Anthony Towns navigates and the boneheaded decisions that he makes in uh, the playoffs for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And of course, we wanted DeAndre Ayton to step up tonight. Hell, we needed it to. And, and the great thing is the big guy delivered. You know, he ends the game with 28 points, 17 rebounds, 15 on the defensive end, which is huge. 15 on the defensive end is huge because that's negating offensive rebounds. That's negating the second chance points for the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, in this game, the New Orleans Pelicans only had seven second chance points. They were two of 10 from the field, whereas the Suns had 13. They were six of eight from the field on second chance points. We flipped that narrative on this one. And that's because DeAndre Ayton held his own, went 13 of 20 from uh, the field and absolutely dominated the opposition, and Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, at least the 15 field goal attempts that we wanted, right? He got the 20, but we last game was pitiful. Disgusting to look at in the, in the box score. Um, it was it was great because such a great first half from him, and then you had the great third quarter, but then Chris Paul's kind of like, no, nah, this is my time in the yes, fourth. He yes. wanted the ball, mismatches, mm-hmm. and I understood the point where Chris Paul's like, I got to take this, sorry. But Aiden... Jeez, what what do we expect from him? Honestly, I don't know what to expect from him. Playoff eight and baby. This, but this was something different. Him taking Big V because he knows he can take him. Everyone knows that he can take him. I mean, even Cameron Payne had a little drive against him. Like this guy's not a shot blocker. He's gonna foul no. you before he blocks your shot. 
So Aiden's little floaters, even though they're awkward at sometimes, I love them. Like he had this one where he was running left, released it with the right hand. Uh, he missed it, but then I think Jay Crowder had the rebound and put it back in. But even that one, it looks so nice. And I, I, I just, I can't, I can't get over that. And like six minutes left in the second, I just, <laughs> there's this, there's this one play where he has the runner, but then also after that, like the, his defensive, it's the defensive presence on the other side. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's insane where he can, he can have the great offensive game on the one end and he puts his head down. He keeps his eyes down. He keeps the focus on the game where he can just do everything he can underneath the rim to where he is pushing Big V out of the lane. Like there's the, the one play where he, it was the beginning of the game to start the game. Big V's right there. Ball goes up. You know, the shots released from the Pelicans. DA has one opportunity to really get in front of, of Big V, and he does. Mm-hmm. He makes sure he gets his forearm in him. He pushes yep. him off the block. He does it. I think there was one time I noticed when Big V got in front of him, and DA kind of let him do that. But the rest of the game, he made sure that he focused on Big V. And, of course, they're going to be tussling down. There's going to be a lot of tip balls. But 21 points in the first quarter coming first off half. of just first half, it's just it's it's so efficient. To where everything just that he's releasing, even the ridiculous looking fadeaway shot, whatever to end the first yeah. half, goes in where he's pulling it from like his knees and he just like releases it. He like doesn't even like pull the ball back. He just like releases it like Sean Marion. It goes in. So he, he's just that efficient to where when this guy gets hot, he's like shooting the ball like a point guard. Like he just cannot. Well, but the thing with miss. DA, it's not necessarily a matter of getting hot. It's a matter of him getting opportunities. And with Devin Booker out, there's more shot attempts out there for that that will be given to the rest of the Phoenix Suns, right? And DA is one of the people who will benefit from that. And we've seen that throughout his career. I mean, you look at his numbers as a rookie, and he averaged a bunch more points because he had more shot opportunities. As the offense has changed, so has his role in said offense. And you saw that in the fourth quarter, right? Like Lo Sun says in the chat, he goes, Voida, how many shots did he take in the fourth? Was it two? Well, yeah, because in the fourth quarter, when they would run the high screen and roll, yeah. the the Pelicans, they, they were dropping on DA every time. They were leaving Chris Paul wide open in his spots, and he took advantage of that. And that's the whole purpose of utilizing DA the way that the Suns did tonight, is yeah. when he starts to get going and you get him those opportunities, he's efficient as fuck, and he took advantage of his opportunities to the point where, and I noticed this on I noted this on Twitter spaces at halftime, Jonas Valanciunas, by the end of the second quarter, didn't know what to do with him. And you said it too. It's like he was looking at Willie Green being like, what What do I do with D.A.? So he starts kind of throwing his knees in D.A. D.A. kind of, you know, he got the ball on that on that play that you were referencing where he kind of had like the fadeaway shot. He got the ball. He did one back down move. And when he did that, he got a knee from Jonas Valanciunas in his right uh, uh, hamstring. And he turned around yeah. and he hit the shot in like, you know, looked like Brandon Ingram almost out there. You know, so if you're doing that, if you're being successful in executing DA's part of the offense, he's a lot more scary. Well, guess what? The gravity goes with him on those high screen rolls, and the Pelicans just didn't know what to do in that fourth quarter because CP3 was picking them apart. The The great thing and uh, that we've seen from CP3 all year long is the cerebralness that he possesses, and he utilized Ay- Ayton as a pawn in that fourth quarter to set himself up and ultimately help this team win. But you're right about DA, you know, the way that he came out today displayed his aggressiveness and and utilized his own cerebralness, if you will, on the rebounding side. I'm focusing on the big V Jonas Valanciunas and his greasy hair, 
shout out to Zane Zor, who was who was yeah. on our Twitter space at halftime. <laughs> oh, and he's like, he's like, that greasy hair, D80 lighted on fire. I was like, let's go, Zane Zor. Where have you been all season, man? You hilarious <laughs> know, man. motherfucker, you. But yeah. he was abusing and abusing Valentunas. You know, you look at uh, Valentunas, and he had six points in this game and only uh, 11 rebounds. Now, granted, four of those were offensive rebounds, but I swear like three of those came during that little stint of time after Jackson Hayes got ejected from this game and he was crashing the glass with Larry Nance and they were just volleyballing it off of the, of the backboard and didn't get a possession or didn't score on that possession. So what we need from DA moving forward is just more of this, right? More of the locked in intensity. I think with Devin Booker out, Chris Paul's relying on him and you best believe that the Pelicans in game four are going to focus on DA and what the, Suns need to do to respond to that is what I was mentioning earlier in the game on that Twitter space was they're going to collapse on DA. The Phoenix Suns are going to have a bunch of wide open threes. They need to hit those shots, Matthew. They were four of 26 from beyond the arc in this game. (laughs) 15.4%. If they shoot 30% in this game, okay, if they make seven, eight threes in this game, it is a blowout. Yeah, The Suns have to hit their threes, man. They were pathetic. The fact that 25% of all of their made three-pointers came from DeAndre Ayton because he hit one of the four, that's a, that's an area of opportunity moving forward for the Suns, is it not? Yeah, it is. And they, they came from shaky hands all over the place. Um, the Suns, they just looked pathetic from beyond three. They just did not look confident in shooting them. Uh, even when they did, they would go in and out. So, you know, you can't win those. Um, DA, if they're going to collapse on him and make him pass the ball out, I think that's a mistake because I think DA is a good passer. I don't know if the league knows. I just think that he's a very underrated passer. So once those those yes. doubles come, he can just pass out of yes. Anything. And then you have Cam Johnson, you have Mikael Bridges cutting. So I don't think you can do that. I think the thing that they'll still stay home with is trying to make Da work for those shots because they look they look difficult. They really do. The way he shoots over these guys like Big V or Jackson Hayes down there, he barely gets the ball released over the top of their hands, over the fingertips. Yeah, and but it, he gets it's, them over. Yeah, but it's easy for DA. They look difficult, but it's easy for him. And I think if they start to trap him, double him, it just opens up more for the offense. So I don't know what you do. I know that they had a hard time with DA, just the one-on-one, but I think you just kind of got to stick with that because it's going to open up so much more. And then if someone else gets hot, like a Mikhail Bridges or Cameron Johnson, which didn't really happen tonight, yeah. then you're kind of screwed because DA can always make his shots. It's about getting those other guys hot and ready to go. And speaking of those other guys, Mario Lopez in the chat notes that everyone besides JaVale, DA, and yes. CP3, and I'd say Mikhail Bridges too. I think Mikhail Bridges had a, Mikhail, a, good, a, a good night. Not a great night, but he had 17 Offensive, points, yeah. four of nine from the field and played some def- decent defense. Uh, but everyone else played bad in your in his opinion. And I agree with yeah. him. that. Again, that's... That's the area of opportunity for the Suns. We've yet to see this team kind of just rolling yet, right? Through three games thus far, we've seen snippets, but it's almost this almost reminds me of like the beginning of the season, right? Remember when the Suns started one and three and the national pundits are like, oh, it's an NBA finals hangover. And, oh, I guess they're not really what they were. They were frauds. And then they yeah, just rolled yeah. off 18 in a row. The Suns, after not playing a month of basketball that truly mattered you know it mattered but it didn't truly matter they locked up the western conference a month ago now 
They're finally playing meaning bad, basket, meaningful basketball, and they're trying to get back in the rhythm of what they're doing. And that's most apparent by the three-point shooting. And I think that, again, you get Jay Crowder knocking down some threes. You get Landry Shamit knocking down some threes. You get uh, Cameron Payne knocking down some threes. And all of a sudden, this team goes from, oh, man, how are we going to survive without Devin Booker to, oh, yeah, no, we're deep. We're good. I mean, and we're yeah. that close. We're that close. Yeah, and usually we're the team that really just matches teams with making the two-pointer. I mean, simple as that, I feel like, for your simple yeah. ass, because that's how they usually take control of these games is just hitting the two and then playing really good defense. Um, the threes, I guess they will come, but it's so weird to watch Shamit and so weird to watch Payne right now because they basically are on Coke or something in the second half where they're just so frantic. They cannot stand still. It's like, yeah. chill out a little bit. The, the best way that they play offensively is really when they pull back a little bit, a little bit, look at the offense, look at the floor. Don't put their, don't put their body. I mean, Shaman had those two good dunks, but I'm just saying those guys need to just lay off the Coke a little bit and just chill. Lay off chill, the coke, baby. Just lay a off it. Just, just lay they might have got it from the Utah Jazz coach, Mark. What's his name? Snyder. <laughs> Quinn Snyder. Just Quinn Snyder. All buck yeah. hide and everything. <laughs> I can say is Sham. Wow. And I'll, I'll give a, a shout out to, to Landry Sham. And I like what Cousin Will says in the chat. He dropped $9.99 in the Cousin super Will. chat. Thank you, Cousin Will. We appreciate you very, very much. But he says, two down, Sham it to go. And Landry Sham had a couple big <laughs> plays said. in this game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seriously. I, but Landry Sham had a couple big plays in this game. He had a couple dunks. But one of the most important plays of the game was his dunk on Jackson Hayes. Right, he goes down. Jackson Hayes, who in game two, for example, was savagely blocked by Mikhail Bridges and instantly went down on the other side of the court and blocked Mikhail Bridges. Yeah, yeah. So you know this guy has some shot blocking capability, right? And Landry Shamit challenges him, wins, gets an and one, and then Jackson Hayes's feelings were a little bit hurt, right? Like after that play, Mikhail Bridges is standing there. Jose Alvarado pushes him out of the way, which I don't know why they didn't call anything on Jose Alvarado. They looked at it. They didn't call anything. I'm like, that should at least be yeah. technical. That's like, that's some instigation shit, but that's okay. And then the next play down, I, I, maybe it wasn't the next play. It's like two plays down because uh, uh, Jay Crowder boxed him out and got a, a layup. And then the next play down, when Jay Crowder's trying to box out, he just goes into like just hockey style body checks Jay Crowder and is thrown out of the game with a flagrant two. And that was a huge turning point in this game because one, it took away some size and some speed from the the Pelicans and two the Suns went on a 16-5 run to end the the second quarter and put themselves up by 11 going into the half uh and somebody asked the question on Twitter and I'll I'll ask you this question Matthew is Jackson Hayes entering your realm of the top five most punchable faces in the entire (sighs) NBA god damn it I don't know what it is about your face but I want to deliver one of these right in your suck hole I forgot about that drop. It's uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you when you have a guy that just, you know, there was a few of those, even like, um, oh, wow, uh, Nance Jr., Larry Nance Jr., the, the hit he had at the end of the game, too, was kind of cheap, and I think that was yeah. kind of overlooked, and it almost injured Jay Crowder. It was just kind of another shove, too, to knock the, I think it was Cameron Johnson just to knock him out. So, I mean, it sucks for them. It sucks for the Pelicans to have that size taken away because Hayes, you know, he has his good his good points in the game. Yep. And then he kind of makes these dumb mistakes, including that one, which is just, just a boner move. But he does that. But <laughs> he always has these no dumb fouls. 
but but then he he comes back and usually has some good hustle plays to keep that team back in the game. And I don't want to admit it. I'm just saying it it did swing the game. It does oh, it help did. the Suns. Well, I mean, I he's like, the reason Devin Booker's not here. The reason yeah. Devin Booker's not here is because of a, J- a Jackson Hayes breakout dunk that Devin Booker was trying to get back on defense for, and that's when he pulled his hammy. So he's de- he's yeah. definitely somebody who does bring value. And shame on us after game one saying, oh, the Suns can play him off the court. Now, the way you can play him off the court that's is the way game. that they, they did it tonight, right? Is get under yeah. his skin and utilize his immaturity against him. Because that's what Jackson Hayes has is some immaturity. I think back to the draft, and I was one of the people who liked him coming out of Texas. But then I remember that he wasn't selected to go play in the freshman versus sophomore uh, game at the All-Star game. And he put out some video tweet talking some mad shit to people. And I really thought that thought in that moment, I'm like, oh, this guy's kind of a buster. You know, he's kind of an immature kid, which is understandable. He's a young kid. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't know if that's the best way to present yourself. Get You need to get yourself, you know, somebody to manage your social media because you're making some boneheaded moves. And what he did tonight is show the Suns, hey, this is a guy who we can get under the skin. And nobody's better than getting under the skin of somebody than one man and his name is Jay motherfucking Crowder. It's Jay Crowder. And he's the one who used Jackson Hayes' aggressiveness against him. And I think that Jay had a really good bounce back game compared to game two. You know, in this one, it wasn't it wasn't all pretty for Jay. He was four of ten from the field, but he had ten points. Yeah. He had uh, four total <laughs> rebounds, you know, three assists, and those five personal fouls, which actually were good personal fouls, in my opinion. He was 0 of 5 from deep, though. Um, what what were your thoughts on Jay Crowder in this game? Do you feel like that? Obviously, this was a better performance than his last one. Uh, but, you know, entering this game, you know, you look at how he's performed thus far in the series, and you have to be happy with the fact that, you know, he played a little bit better. He is now, though, 0 for 14 from beyond the arc in this series. Unreal. I'm tweeting. Yeah, right um, maybe it was a weird take by me. I mean, that happens a lot, but I was thinking like, <laughs> Jay, is he replaceable offensively with Bismack Biombo just to play Bismack Whoa. there? Cause I know, I know. Oh yeah. Because Bismack's got to get on the floor, get those scrambling, get those plays, tip the ball away and make sure that they can get these really um, like they think they can get the turnovers leading to the easy points. I feel like that's what the Suns needed this game. You know, Jay's not going to make the shots again, this game. He tried to get going. It just wasn't there. Uh, it's not like I, I did not even last pod. I was like, Jay's going to hit some big shots. He's going to win the Suns a game like he did tonight with that big shot, even though it was a two. Um, but he had the big rebound too, man. Chris Paul, the one shot he didn't make in the fourth fell yes. short, got that rebound. He got that rebound like the Lakers did, Ron Artest rebound where he put it back. And that was basically the ceiling of the game too. So he had two big plays in the fourth. Um, but I was just thinking, I'm like, can we just replace him with some just for a stint just to see what it looks like? I know Bismack came in with 50 seconds left in the second quarter, but can we just see him there for the hustle plays? Cause I feel like the only way the Suns can score is that they're scrambling for the ball and they pick it up and they can run a fast break past Pelicans or something like that at that time being, but obviously didn't happen and I can deal with Jay and he'll start again next game. He'll have the big game. I think when the Suns break out from three, He'll be there. He'll make his oh, three he'll, for five. He, he'll, he'll be the guy who's leading that charge. Exactly. And I just, he's just a, 
He's a big player. We'll get into the subreddit thing. There's some funny things nice, that were nice. said. And you know what? I am jealous. You get to go in there every game, so I might have to do hey, it, you, man. I you switch back and sometimes. forth. Yeah, I'm about to switch back and, back and forth. forth. Hell yeah! I couldn't downvote because I'm not logged into Reddit, but there are there are some comments. I would have loved to downvote, but I was not logged in, so <laughs> didn't have time to sign up. Well, yeah, I mean. You- <laughs> You, you you make the drop when you're good to go for the the subreddit stakeout. You make the drop. So those of you who uh, weren't on our Twitter space at halftime, I told Matthew because I was covering the game for Bright Side of the Sun, I was so like I was doing so many things at once during this game. I didn't get a chance to go into the Pelican subreddit for our subreddit stakeout segment. So Matthew assumed that role tonight. So uh, he'll be dropping that here momentarily. Uh, but real quick to to comment on some of the things that you said about Jay Crowder, you know, yeah, he is somebody who. With, Biz, with with the way that Bismack played tonight, and, and note this, Suns fans, Bismack played for 20 seconds in this game. <laughs> and they were 20 amazing seconds, were they not? Wait, he came in 50 seconds left and left? Yeah, so it, oh. at, the, at the end of the <laughs> okay. first half, at the end of the first half, yeah. Monty went with an offensive-defensive substitution, so he didn't want D.A. to get a foul, even though D.A. ended, ended the game with two fouls. But he put Bismack in for one defensive substitution, and what he did is he pressured the Pelicans into a turnover. And then because of that, they put DA back in for the last 30 seconds. So, I mean, yeah, we get to do the drop. Biz. Biz. 20 seconds of Bismack. He gets a drop. How do you fucking like that? <laughs> I love it. I love seeing him. And uh, I thought it was like a little bit of a warm up to go in the fourth quarter, but you know, these games are so close and like almost dropped the thing where, uh, you you kind of miss sticks in these situations when you're watching uh, Tory Craig out there. You're just yeah. kind of going back through last year, like who do we give up for these guys and stuff like that. But then you have guys like Bismack who might make a difference down the line. But then also Jay, he just stays cool, man. He's just he's gonna make the big plays, and you can just tell he's in his head. And you know, out of all the guys on the team, you would think like he he's a guy that sh- that jacks up the threes, and sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, that sucks. Like don't shoot that. But then you don't think of him as a guy that's going to get inside his head. And I feel like he kind of is right now. So uh, I don't know. He has to ask Shaman, Hey, Shaman, how long, how come after six months, how did, how did you get out of the funk? You know, he has yeah. to ask Shaman that like six months of the year. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I think it is with Jay. I made that drop and he sucked ever since. So I'm not playing the cam, the campaign drop. Uh, Cause campaign tonight went one for five from the field, had three total points, uh, three personal fouls, two assists. And maybe yeah. I need to do the same with Jay. Jay Crowder, if you're watching the show, you will not get your drop again until you hit at least two threes in the playoff game. Two. That's Even how though you, you, want to, you hit a big shot tonight. A you big, hit a big shot, shot. You had a huge rebound. Big shot. But you're still 0 for 5, and you're 0 for 14 thus far in the, in the playoffs. And you're 0 for 14 mm-hmm. from beyond the arc since I made you a drop in preparation for the playoffs. So I apologize for that. No more drops <laughs> for him. Of course, yeah, Fabio says in the chat, uh, the voided drop curse. Yeah, it always happens. It takes the players, you know, a few games. You win to be 64 like, games and there's curses going on during the season. <laughs> it doesn't even make and, any sense. And I'm to blame for them. And yeah, I'm to blame exactly. for them. You know, but that's just kind of, that's just the way it goes. Uh, but again, you know, talking about Bismack, I, I hope that one of the adjustments that is made in game four is, yeah, he gets a, a little bit more minutes because on defense, he does bring an intensity and some length. You know, he he's definitely somebody you can expose. And Willie Green, given the opportunity, will expose him. But I kind of feel like Monty Williams is keeping the Bismack in his back pocket to utilize at just the right time to throw a curveball for about three to five minutes in a game. That's all we need for Bismack is come out there for about three to five minutes in a game, put some length on 
on Ingram, maybe jump Ingram and try to avoid him from going to his right, force him left. And Bismack's the kind of guy who could do something like that. Yeah. Force him into the teeth of the defense in, in, instead of going to his comfortable spots. So we'll see how that uh, is moving forward when it comes to adjustments for the for the Phoenix Suns. Um, do you want to get into a little subreddit stakeout, Matthew? Yeah, you might have hit it twice. Like, I got a disguise, so let's see if I can do it. Ready? Oh, hold, no. Hold on. I got to find it. I got to. All right. Okay. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. There it was. <laughs> Taking it off in time. <laughs> oh, just in time. And I'm holding my Whoa. headphones off. I don't know who this guy is on the oh, podcast yeah. with me, but it looks like he was I a spy <laughs> during this game. What yeah, has happened so, on subreddit? So on subreddit, at halftime, there was a comment because I didn't take over till halftime. <laughs> you know, the Pelicans fan says we out rebounded them by 12 and they somehow 30 more points in the paint than us, which I was like, what? Facts. It was true. And Facts. the sun should have stuck with the paint too, and not go to the third, <laughs> not to go to the three. Yeah, so um, on, on and he's also point, said that's preposterous. So on that point, the Suns out were out rebounded 45 to 35 in this game, but points in the paint 64 to 40. So that was a good observation by the Pelicans subreddit stakeout. Yeah. Also, CJ McCollum, like a lot of hate going on for him. Like, yeah, and I'm I'm super scared of that guy. And for some reason, they're hating on him. So CJ is killing us. Come on, after missing free throws to start the third quarter. So, you know, there was actually a lot of that. There was a lot of hate for CJ, even though I would think the opposite. So there's a little bit more towards later, towards the end of this. Uh, and also <laughs> to start the third quarter, the Suns go up by 13. Yes. And someone says, really starting to dislike the Suns team. Yep. That's about <laughs> everybody, right? So and on then, that on that note, uh, CJ McCollum in this game, 11 of 23 from the field, 30 total points, four from 11 from beyond the arc. It's the four for eight from the free throw line that really seems to be bothering the, the Pelicans fans, huh? Yeah, but even like, Later in the game, they said CJ is 8 of 19, but it feels like 4 for 30. Or is that just me? I don't know. To me, I just feel like he was kind of cruising a little bit there. I mean, yeah, Mikhail did a pretty good job, but I guess not good. Not yeah. Too good. I, I, don't yeah. Know. I don't know. What else was uh, said on the subreddit? So <laughs> this was actually when the Suns were bricking threes. I think Shamit missed a couple wide open threes, but the Suns had a lot of wide open threes in this game. It says Jonas keeps leaving the shooter open off the pick. And the Pels are getting completely lucky. The Suns keep breaking. Dude needs to hedge. So yeah. that is basically when the Suns were missing every wide open three. They could have busted open the game. And they're basically saying, you know, it makes they sense. They would have made though. that. It would have been a win. Well, well, and that's easy. You know, that's what we we're saying earlier. I mean, the Phoenix Suns shot 15% from beyond the arc. Jonas Valanciunas was letting our guys be wide open. Cam Johnson, his first three of the game, he just walks into it. There's no one within like 10 feet of him. So the shots are going to be there. The Suns just need to knock them down. And kudos to the the Pelican subreddit. They understood that. Did they talk about Jay Crowder at all, Matthew? I mean, they did. Uh, spy. I don't know who you are. King. Oh, sorry. King, <laughs> King, yeah. They did. They, they <laughs> did. No, you should be like surfer dude. Like they totally oh, did, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. All right, that was like two different kind of impressions right there. Wow, Matthew's um, impressions. Yeah, it says. Uh, if Jackson needs to be ejected, he should at least punch that fucker Jay Crowder. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> I mean, that's stuff like we say. It's like, if you're going to be ejected, you might as well just punch him in the Earn face. Earn that shit. 
Yeah, there's also a Mavericks fan that jumped in. He's like, yeah, Jay Crowder's a flopper. Uh, go Pels, basically. So, you know, a lot of a lot of love for the Pels from all these other team fans. Oh, big time, man. They don't want to play the Suns. That's no. what you notice. If you go into the subreddit for the Pelicans, you're seeing Warriors fans, Memphis fans, Pelicans fans, and Jazz fans don't exist. So just those three fan bases are going in there, and they are they are giving Pelicans fans motivation and saying, hey, we're rooting for you guys because nobody wants to play the Suns. No. Well, especially with Booker coming back. Um, so this is this is actually uh, Jose uh, Alvarado, very inspirational. Talked about a lot on here. Um, I mean, the guy had what when, seven straight points in the yeah, fourth quarter. Uh, Those yeah, were exactly. that was huge. If we had lost this game, I would have talked about that stretch right there. Well, we're letting Jose Alvarado dictate pace and score points against us as the weakness for us. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the you know what this one is actually I thought this was for Jose Alvarado, but this is for Chris Paul. This is when Chris Paul took over. Yes, says he's five six trapped the fucking ball, man. He's not passing out of a double. I don't know if that makes any sense because I feel like Chris Paul could pass he, out of anything. Well, he passed out of every double they threw at him. Every time they blitzed yeah. him, and it's one of the things that I wrote in the re in the preview for Brightside was, you know, he's going to get blitzed. So the Suns need to u- utilize those blitzes as, as an opportunity to take advantage, and that they did tonight. And the last one. <laughs> uh, why did the fans leave so early? I think it was... <laughs> It was probably with two minutes left. I think the fans started to leave as soon as Chris. And then Paul, it was the free throw show. The free throw show, and then everyone's like, "Why are they leaving so early?" So that was the subreddit stakeout. Oh man, the Suns jam session subreddit stakeout. Matthew, welcome back. Yeah, dude. where were you? I just got hijacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you missed a great, a great segment. And uh, uh, shout out Ryan Cross. You know, dropped a, a four ninety nine super sticker in the chat. We truly appreciate that. He also said, "You got, you guys make this podcast happen." I can't hear you because I'm at Twin Peaks celebrating. This one's for you both. Mm. Yes, cheers. Yes, chug them. And then I love what Blaze Megatron says. He's one of our elite jamsters. If you want to become an elite jamster, we put out other exclusive content simply for them. To hit the join button on the YouTube page. He says, "If we win the chip." Lissy has to wear this for the last show. All right. I completely agree. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty and you need sure to be we'll be faded. I want you to be six gummies deep yeah. on that show, bro. Yeah, we'll probably do the pod. I feel like if we go out celebrating, we'll be doing like live pods then, and I'll be wearing oh, yes. whatever. Oh, yes. And and <laughs> and icon de parfum says crown Lissy over sleeveless hatless Lissy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very hard to beat. <laughs> Oh man. Well, we've made it almost 40 minutes and you know what? The guys are the guys should have got the drop right off the bat. He's getting it now. The point Chris Paul, the surgical point god, uh unbelievable in this game. You know, when it when it came down to it, I mentioned a little bit earlier about the way that he took advantage of the Pelicans defense and used it to his advantage. Ends the night 10 of 18 from the field, six of, uh, or I'm sorry, seven of eight from the free throw line, only one of six from beyond the arc. That's the where the majority of his misses occurred. So if you look at that, he was actually nine of 12 from two point range. Ends with 14 assists, 28 total points. The fourth quarter, he's seven of 10, has 19 points and two assists and three rebounds as well. Point God took over in this game much akin to game one so if you're a pelicans fan and you're watching this series the two losses that are under your belt are a hundred percent at the hands 
of one Chris Paul. Yeah, and he has to deal with a lot of jabronis out there this game. Like the the second unit was just tough to play with for him. A lot of times Cameron Payne was making him frustrated out there. He held it together. This is when I stopped taking notes was when Chris Paul, you know, I was just like, I just want to watch this. I want to lay back and just appreciate the fact that I'm not writing the game for <laughs> right side of the sun. Yeah, but I can just enjoy this and keep my head on the screen because uh, this is just a thing of beauty. It's it's one thing where Draymond comes out and says like Chris Paul's not even a top two player on the court now that Booker's gone, which yes makes I don't understand. I don't know if he really does mean that. If that's something where he's just talking shit because he knows that they'll be playing each other in the Western Conference Finals, mm. so they want he wants to already get under their skin. Maybe he's starting that early. I think that's what it is because Draymond knows better that Chris Paul's still the best player on the court when it comes to crunch time. If you want to talk about difficult shot making, if you want to talk about getting his team involved that looks so frantic tonight, uh, that's Chris Paul. Chris Paul knew what to do in every situation. Unless he's talking about just who can jack up the most threes and hit a lot of them, maybe that's CJ. Maybe that's um, Ben What was I going to say? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Brandon Ingram. I'm like, Brandon he might Ingram. play in game four for the, the Nets. Yeah, maybe it's those guys. I don't know, but Chris Paul is absolutely – he's the other MVP other than Devin Booker on the team. So as long as you have him, we're safe. I think he can make sure that we get through this series. It's going to be ugly still. You know, might go six or seven, but I can count on that guy as being the best player on the floor. I, I'm telling you, you know, what he's doing at, at his stage of his career, carrying this team – I mean, and he nearly ended with 40 minutes tonight. I think he ended with, what, 30 – was it 39 minutes? I mean, he's going to have to carry the load. And this is one of those things that kind of scares you, if you will, at this point of the playoffs is we know that he's going to have to carry uh, this Suns team without Devin Booker, right? And yeah, because yeah. of that, he's going to put some minutes on him and you just hope that it doesn't tax him too much, if you will. But at the same time, he's fully capable of operating within his space and executing uh, the way he did tonight and, and it's just it's unbelievably impressive the way that he's performing. The Draymond the Draymond Green stuff is just chicken shit bullshit. You know, saying that that CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram are the two best players on the court now that Devin Booker out is out is just just a bunch of horse shit. And I'm glad he said it. I'm glad he said it. We were talking about it in the pregame Twitter space where we were literally having the conversation about all of these external factors that are now doubting the Suns how it's almost nice as a fan to kind of get back to that space where everybody's doubting you because mm -hmm. everybody was pumping the suns up coming into this playoff run. A lot of national pundits and ourselves included were saying things along, but we're allowed to say things because we're suns fans, mm -hmm. but we're, we're saying things along the line. Uh, you know, this team is not going to lose more than three games in route to the finals. And when Devin Booker goes down, all of a sudden all the doubters come out and apparently the Suns didn't win 64 games and were without the majority of their roster the entire year. I mean, and that's just a, a cold, hard fact. This team was 8-3 and three without Devin Booker in games that mattered, in games in that which he missed due to injury or COVID, right? Like, he missed two games at the end of the season where they didn't play him because they weren't playing anybody. They were 8-3 and three without him. So this team knows how to win, okay? And again, we've mentioned it before, and we'll mention it again, if this team starts hitting their three-pointers, it's not even close. It's not even a close game, you know? And when because they were missing their three-pointers, they had to lean on Chris Paul. And he once again stepped up and performed uh, in a manner that is just elite. 
you know, and this is the, these are the kind of things that we need from him until Dem Booker gets back. But we really just need the rest of the team to step up as well. He's showing them by example in the two wins in this series. He's shown them by example how they need to operate. They need to take the ball and run with it. Yeah, and a lot of these games are the last two games that just reminds me of the finals where they just kind of folded in a way where they don't know how to respond other than Chris Paul or Devin Booker. It's like these guys are out there and they don't know what to do offensively. They don't know what to do with this offense, where to go, and they just they look like they're shook out there. It's insane how much like in how incompetent they do look out there compared to a Pelicans team. Maybe it's just a thing where the Pelicans have nothing to lose. They're playing all out, but that should just be the Suns. Like we have nothing to lose too. And uh, I don't know. Luke Carter says, um, let me see where he said this. Uh, Lissy can take a whole one. I think. I don't know if he's talking about a gummy. He's or talking about the gummies. That? He's talking about okay, the gummies. I hope so. Yeah. I don't know. I we, 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 we start. <laughs> we start a whole gummy chat in here whenever we do. We need to get sponsored by one of those dispensaries, man. Everybody's doing it, man. We just need yeah, to do man. It. Be like gummies. Even though man. I never take, I don't take anything. I've I never just, taken. I think a I, gummy I look in high. My life. Yeah, you. Everyone always thinks I've, I've, I smoke a lot. I've, I've never taken a gummy in my life. I haven't. Now, mm. granted, like I've smoked, I smoked weed when it, when it was illegal, man. I was all about that shit when I was young. But now that I'm older, I'm like, ah, yeah. man, you know. And maybe I should. I probably needed it over the past couple of days just to chill the fuck out. Yeah, you we know. Do. But another guy who kind of looks high at sometimes, I'm surprised that you didn't get any uh, interesting comments in the subreddit stakeout because I feel like he always gets a little hate in the subreddit stakeout, and he earned it tonight. Double O McGee. I really think that the minutes that JaVale McGee played tonight were huge. How many minutes do you think he played in this game? Without looking, I'm going to say 25. He played 12. 12 what? minutes, 15 points, 12 <laughs> minutes. Seven of eight from the field. Only had a couple rebounds. Uh, or I'm sorry, three total oh, rebounds. But that was 25? the impact because that's what it felt like tonight. Yeah. Bill McGee's impact tonight felt like he was out there for 25 minutes. Right? But he but he wasn't. Yeah. It was, you know, the, the majority of the lineups that uh monty williams put out there i mean it was it was da you know da played 34 minutes they played a little bit of small ball to try to match what the uh the pelicans were doing when larry nance was out there with tory craig uh who's a whole nother conversation we can have here after javel mcgee we're, we're gonna talk about double o mcgee and then we're gonna talk about zero tory craig which is the number of points he scored in this series but the impact of javel mcgee was absolutely paramount in this game now granted he was still a negative nine. That lineup that they had out there was a negative nine. Him, Shamit, and then Torrey Craig was a negative 15, uh, which Jeez. was the worst on the team. Yeah. But tell me what you saw from Debedale McGee. Well, you know, you got to keep going in the paint. It was there, and he made it work. McGee was just so exhausted this game. He made sure that he put everything out there. He wasn't arguing with the refs. He wasn't arguing with anybody. He, I don't think, said one word this game because he put all his energy on the floor. And he looked exhausted every time he came to the bench. He's just like, dude, I'm giving it all I can out there. And it showed. It showed because anytime you get the ball in the paint, he made sure to keep his pivot foot down and to get a good shot off right near the rim. Like he was making sure he knew. He's like, these guys can't make shit. They're putting me in the negatives. That's why I have a negative nine because of these guys. It's not me. Yeah. I'm going to get to the rim. I'm going to make sure we get a positive. He really was, and he played huge minutes, and I said 25, but I was thinking, I'm like, well, he never played with DeAndre, and he never played, blah. So that didn't make any sense, but it seemed like he was there because him and Aiden were, and, of course, Chris Paul, were just so huge this game 
where he stuck out to me like he played the full 48 almost. And those are big minutes. That just shows you when you have a guy like that who is, you know, he's been on the championship teams. He's experienced. He knows what it takes to win. He just knew that he can take these guys. He's like, if Aiden knows he can, and I, he probably told Aiden, like, hey, you are unstoppable against these dudes in the paint, then he can too. He can against the second unit, and he was. He was doing a lot of ridiculous shit out there, man. And I I was really happy for that because last game it wasn't very good. Sometimes I was thinking maybe Bismack should be in there, but McGee made sure to leave it all on the court tonight, and uh, we can count on that every other game, I feel like, from him. What do you think of his hairdo right now? Uh, it doesn't matter. Dang gotcha. it. God, it's so embarrassing. I hate that. Dude. Gotcha. <laughs> dude, uh, no, I, I, I was I, really into your thought there, too. I was thinking about his hair. <laughs> he hasn't changed it all season. Why is he asking me this question? You do that, dude? <laughs> dang, it's so embarrassing. Now I know what it feels oh, like to be Triple H. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I agree with a lot of what you said, you know, the energy that he brings. And I really think that Monty's going to he's going to throw a lineup out there with Miguel and Bismack or something. Yeah. You know, because if they have a, a lineup where they have Nance and Jackson Hayes out there, we haven't really seen that. Right. But if that does happen, I think that that could be a good response because it's size on size and some athleticism on some athleticism. It's not a great defensive lineup, but at the same time, uh, McGee is earning his minutes right now. I think that he's had a good series thus far. Um, cause you look at this team and again, you look at what the Pelicans are. They're primarily, they're a bunch of young guys who are athletic and long, right? And, and you saw it a bunch mm-hmm. in the fourth, a lot of the CP three passes, he wanted to make passes, but the way that they were defending were fantastic, but that's what JaVale is. JaVale adds some of that, uh, that length that we need. And for the 12 minutes that he played, he was highly productive and he gave us exactly what we needed. You know, conversely, uh, you have, a guy who just hasn't been living up to his drop. What's up? The Juice, man. Juice has not been playing well. Tory Craig uh, tonight, 0 of 3 from the field, negative 15 uh, if you look at the plus minus, if if that kind of thing. If that matters to you. Uh, <laughs> that's where I should be like, Matthew, does the plus – Did you, you think, do that all pod, man. Ma- Matthew, do you think the plus minus matters? It doesn't matter! Okay, you should uh, fair just, enough. Yeah, fair I have enough. no time to talk. You should, anytime it's my turn, just throw that on there. Just and I'll just throw sh- it on. I'll just shut up the whole pod. That's what that's what happens when I do the pod and I'm on a gummy. I'll just be doing it the whole time, just like laughing, like, <laughs> you know, just glossy eyed and having a great old time. Um, but yeah. you look at Tory Craig thus far in this series, and he was 0 for 1 in game one in 11 minutes. He was he didn't attempt a shot in game two. And then again tonight, you know, he goes and he throws an 0 for 3. And it's one thing if you if you could tell me that he's been playing fantastic defense, but he hasn't. Mm-mm. He hasn't been playing great defense. So I got this question for you. Do you think at any time that Bonnie Williams chooses to put in Ish Wainwright instead of Tory Craig? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's I uh, think so he too. has he has to try it for um, five minutes. Because Ish Wainwright looks so good with the first team and second team during the season, like where he blended in so well. And I said that a million times and juice just sticks out. Craig, even the first play where he had the ball and he missed a big pass on the, on the weak side where I think it was Mikhail or Deandre was wide open. And he just, he brought the ball back out and threw it back to either CP three on the left side and just brought the play back out. And it was, and CP three was looking, I'm like, dude, you had the guy and juice is like yes. complaining. He doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing out there. 
It's very uncomfortable to watch him. Uh, he doesn't look like he's playing with that offense at all. I would go Ish just because you count on Ish to really like offensively be ready for the moment, like be ready in the corner. He'll he'll make sure his spacing's right. He'll make the right pass. I'm not saying he's a great passer, but he's gonna make sense in the offense. Yes, that's what we need. We we need that. I think that these rotations need to happen quicker. Of course, in the series like this. I thought I would see more Biombo this series. Uh, it's not happening yet. But the Wainwright thing for Juice, yes. And I was thinking, too, after that non-pass, I'm like, sticks. That's when yeah. I started thinking about sticks. And I was like, that's, that's what Brutus 92 says in the chat. He's like, feed me sticks, you know? It's just it, the things. Juice had a couple good games, and we just hoped and hoped and hoped. Like, he would kind of get in the mix. Oh, yeah. He's, but he it just hasn't been there, it, man. I don't know what it is, but he's he's not filling those holes that we thought he would. You know, he's not taking a big one like me. So I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a special BDB shaped gummy for Lissy, is what Luke Carter says. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, perfect! But, I'll get right on the. But, right but, on the but, but I agree. Ish Wainwright, I feel, could potentially give us a little bit more, a little bit more offense, a little bit more defense, a little bit just more activity and energy. Because yeah, he doesn't have thing, that, right? You, you don't notice any energy from. Mm-hmm. from Tory Craig. He is a zero on the court. Well, he's actually a negative 15 and he kind of has been the entire series, you know? So he was a plus three in the first game, but he was a negative five in the second game. So you total that all together. He's a negative 17 thus far in the series. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel a piece coming on for bright side of the sun about Tory Craig. Cause oh. he, he, cause that that's an important stretch of the game is yeah. what, what our second team unit can do. Because uh, that's how it was tonight. We we built up a nice little lead. The second team unit came up, and then we're down 29 to 28 after the first quarter. And Torrey Craig's part of that. He's not playing the defense. He's not playing the offense. It's really, really, really uh, one of those things that is uh, uh, hurting the team right now. So maybe there's an opportunity for the Suns mm. to put Ish in there and just kind of rejuvenate, you know, kind of you yeah. know, clear. Because Ish, Ish has that. He has that confidence. He has the thing we're looking for where he's very comfortable in himself. What Craig looks like out there, he just looks lost. And he doesn't look like he belongs out there. And that's something where the Suns need to correct that quick. And I'm not saying maybe not this series, but I would expect it next series for sure. Going against Dallas, it's probably going to be Dallas. But yeah. I'm, okay, never mind. I'm not going to get too far yeah. ahead. Next one game, game at a time. One game next at a time. Game, Shout out to Corey Flynn, 499 in the chat. He says, can you guys steal Lindsey Smith from the other podcast? Only thing missing from the show is a pretty face. We appreciate that. Bullshit. Uh, and you guys are that's way cooler me, than them dudes. Uh, well, we appreciate that too. I'm the Lindsey Smith of this podcast. Yeah, I, I always like. That's who I always thought Matthew was. I'm like, Matthew, yeah. you are I'm always you are the chick. Lindsay Smith. Yeah, and I'm always I, the lady. And, and whenever I start talking... Uh, about Dylan Brooks, I become Saul Bookman. Yeah, you know, I'm the cute side piece of John. I'm the little <laughs> little cute lady chick over here. <laughs> Get out of here with that crap, man. Get out of there. Um, you know what? Go ahead and just. Oh, where is it? Where is there it? There it is. There it is. Terrible. Take a lap. <laughs> All right, take take a lap, Matthew. Take a lap. All right. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, it's that time of the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. If you haven't done so already, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. And let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. This is kind of a tough one, It is my personal opinion. I mean, it's clearly two players' combined effort. It's the 56 total points combined between Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. So who do you give it? But you got to pick one. You got to pick one. Is it CP3? Or is it DeAndre Ayton? 
Oh, um, do you want to go first? I feel like I always go first. I think I may need a second to think. I am one, going dude. to say in this game, um, God, it's so tough. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, I don't want to. Go I love what DeAndre Ayton did. I'll pick DA. You pick CP3. Okay. Mm. Okay, I'll pick CP3. You pick DA. Go DA. There you go. You change your background for those of you watching. To DA's beard. He's got DA's beard <laughs> behind Matthew. All right, I'll say CP3 for for this reason. And Matthew, while I'm saying that, you can scroll and and pull up what the Jamsters are saying. Uh, this is producing 101 while we're on the show. Uh, I'll give it to CP3 because despite the efforts of DeAndre Ayton tonight, the Suns were still in a game that was back and forth for the, the majority of the fourth quarter. This game had 15 lead changes. It was tied 14 times. And it wasn't until Chris Paul took over in that fourth quarter that the Phoenix Suns ultimately put the New Orleans Pelicans away and he excelled us to our second victory in this series and both were on the back of CP three. He is the MP three, the MVP of the series thus far. And again, the fact that in the fourth quarter alone, Chris Paul put together a 19 point performance, his second 19 point performance in this series. He's my jam star. Okay. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go DeAndre. Ayton, obviously. Okay. Why? You're just <laughs> like, man, that's it. No, because we have to, all right, we have to realize like we need him just as much as Chris Paul. So for him to show up like this to where Chris Paul gives him the ball and then it's over, where DeAndre is not even looking up to pass the ball out, and he's just like, I'm going to take this guy. I'm going to figure something out because I don't care what anybody says. His moves tonight, he never did that ever this year, consistently ever, maybe once a game, every 10 games or something. He just never did that. He was always just force-fed the ball into good situations to where he can score. And that's the way he is. He's efficient down there. But to actually start working on stuff down there on the block against these big guys, to use that right hook, use his right hand going left, like those are things I want to keep seeing, and he has it in him. So because of that, I'm going to give him the jam star. Chris Paul does the thing that – I'm just I'm sick of the Chris Paul thing. It's so boring now. I, just, I want something you new. Stop. I want that's uh, blasphemy. That's no, blasphemy. I, I want I want my Aiden. I want him bad. I know he can do this every game, so that's why I'm excited. And he's to see doing it, it next in the playoffs game. Let's right see the next game, man. Uh, Black Sunday, real quick. Unsatisfying win. Rely yeah. uh, on a 37 year old CP to bail us out in the fourth. We can't keep playing like this and reply. totally true. And completely, completely agree. Yes, we, we can't. We, thankfully, we did. But yeah, the, the rest of the team needs to set up and step up and start knocking down some shots. We didn't even go into Cameron Johnson on this game. I was really looking forward to a big Cam Johnson game. Uh, I really think that he, he got himself into foul trouble and kind of played himself out of any rhythm yeah. in this game. Uh, but that is when we take a look at moving forward for the game four adjustments. That is my big adjustment for the Phoenix Suns. You know, you know that Willie. Ah. I just knocked my microphone out. Well, well, hey, you know that Willie Green is going to make some adjustments. And and I honestly believe that one of the adjustments he's going to do is anytime the Suns get D.A. the ball, especially if it's on the right side, they're going to blitz him. And D.A. is going to have to pass out of it. And they have the length to get in the passing lanes and probably try to create turnovers. We know that if you create turnovers, they can lead the, – the Pelicans are uh, – they, they like to get out and run on the fast break. Right now, you look in this game, they had 18 points in the fast break. The Suns had 12. Okay, so they, they still got out and, and were breaking at certain points. So it's going to be key that the rest of the Suns, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, Landry Shamit, Mikhail Bridges, these guys take advantage of open three-pointers and fucking knock them down and make them pay. If they're going to blitz DA, make them pay because that's going to be the adjustment that's coming. So the what, what's nice for Monty, there's going to be a bunch of little micro-adjustments. 
that he's going to make, right? But the, the big one is he doesn't need to pull a bunch of levers to go out and win game four. He just needs his team to knock down shots. Yeah, and that's all it is. But what, what I'm looking for, I'm trying not to say honestly as much. So I, I just pulled honestly, back there just honestly. like the way just like the way Cameron Payne is to pull back on the offense where he had good possessions where he just pulled back, took his time. The one drive to the rim where he went against big V he took his time there. He like yeah. guided himself through the lane, it's like that's making the sure he's making the right we decision. We, yeah. And stop with the fake upset where you're upset at yourself. Cause he missed a free throw. Like stop that, stop that bullshit, please. Like focus on the game. And I guess it gets him hyped or something, but he has to just settle down. Like we know he's there. We were just talking about two months ago, how he's the future point guard of the Phoenix suns. Yeah. Right. Weren't we? So he can be that guy. And all of a sudden he's gone. All of a sudden he's a guy you can't trust. We need that next game, like to win these games, to win them not easily, but just like not to be white knuckling it the whole time. You know what I mean? Like we need him to step up, dude. So next game is on Sunday night, six thirty start. Unless it's pushed back thirty yes. minutes again, um, which I hope doesn't happen. Of a bomb or something? Yeah, because something at State Farm Arena, State Farm Arena in Atlanta. Uh, mm-hmm. Do the Suns win Game Four? Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be tough. But again, I just I don't know. I'm going to feel really good going into it. Um, we always do. Like, <laughs> but you know, it's it's probably going to be tough unless these guys can hit at least five or six more threes. That'd That's be a better thing. game. I, I think that this That's team's going to lock in. Just just hit five or six more. Go out there, just just make 11 threes. That's yeah. all we got to do. Because, again, you look at the Pelicans tonight. They hit 11 threes. The 17 threes was the outlier in game two, right? This is where they live. They live right around there. If we can match them there, we'll beat them in all other aspects of the game. That's the key. Lockdown defense. Uh, I think we win game game four. I really do. I think there's an opportunity for the Phoenix Suns to come home on uh, whatever the next game is, Tuesday or Wednesday, and win game five and, and ultimately put this series away so we'll see uh but we appreciate you jamsters for hanging out with us on the sun's jam session podcast make sure you subscribe rate and review wherever you're listening to this podcast if you happen to be watching along live or watching this a little bit later go ahead and hit the thumbs up button hit the bell notification which will notify you anytime that we go live if you want to become an elite jamster press the join button and you'll get some exclusive content that we throw out there. Our start bench and trade jersey number two we dropped last week. We'll be putting out jersey number three here uh, in the next couple of weeks. So prepare for that. And make sure you follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. Uh, Matthew Lissy. And you can read both of our writings at brightsideofthesun.com. And make sure, you follow the show. <laughs> make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. Once again, we will be going live on a Twitter space during halftime of Game 4 on yes. Sunday. So looking forward to hearing from you Jamsters there. Then uh, thank you again for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Suns win. Suns win in the playoffs. It's always a good night. Uh, and good night. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go drink a glass of wine. Are you? Can I join you? I'm going to drive 40 minutes just to join you (laughs) and lay next to you. Everyone go home and lay next to your family. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.